Do you ever wonder what it's like on the other side of the couch? Do you ever get curious about the conversations therapists have with one another? Or are you a therapist who loves to hear others talk about our work? If the answer is yes to any of these, you're in the right place. This is Therapy Talk, the place where therapists discuss therapy. I'm your host, Rachel Landman. Join me each episode where I invite my colleagues in the field to come discuss the work. Good morning, Shamara. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Morning, Rachel. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, Why don't we get started by having you talk a little bit about yourself? Okay. So um, my name is Shamara Nicholas. Um, a therapist at Human Told. Um, currently part time, but um, I started my journey um from a psychology um actually class, an elective class, where the um instructor was like explaining the different changes, um, how the mind works, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I dropped my major of maths and accounting, <laughs> and I started to major in psychology and just learning the whole process of um, the mind and behavior. And then I got to learn more about counseling and how it works. And then I got intrigued by that. And then that's what started my journey. I completed my um, master's in forensic mental health um, counseling at John Jay College. Okay, great. And where did you do your bachelor's? Yeah, I did both at John Jay. (laughs) Okay, wonderful. Um, and did you, where did you work before Human Told? And what was your professional experience? Um, before that, I worked at um, Cases, which is an alternative to incarceration program for youth. Um, I started as the case planner and then I became the supervisor and I worked there for um, about four years. And then I moved over to Hanuk, which is a child and family counseling program, Preventive, where um, I supervised therapists. Okay. And that's where you're currently working while also doing human told? Yes. So I'm doing um human told part-time and then I'm doing this full-time as well. Okay. Supervisor by day, therapist by night. Sorry? Supervisor by day, therapist by night. <laughs> Got it. Um. So what would you say is your philosophy um, when it comes to being a therapist? Um, I would say um, being client-centered, being meeting the clients where they're at, because most times we have our own expectations for the clients and then it's difficult to guide them or even to see the change or help them recognize the change. But you're able to meet them where they're at and guide them, provide them with psychoeducation and resources to assist them after therapy, I feel like that's one of the best models to um, focus on. Okay, great. And what drew you to this field? Uh, I would say one curiosity, um, just trying to understand like why people behave the way they do, um, why they react um, certain ways. And just trying to understand like, okay, well, because most times we are quick to blame without understanding. So with the curiosity, I've learned like different behaviors. There's something causing the behavior. There's different triggers in life that may cause somebody 
response. Like somebody might be having a bad day, but we're not sure. And they give a response. And the first thing we might think is, oh, that's a very angry person. Awesome. Or that's a rude person. Or um, my all-time favorite is, oh, that person is so emotional. But we only use that term for negativity. But if somebody is extremely happy or always optimistic, we never say, oh, they're emotional, even if those things are emotions as well. So um, what I'm hearing you say is that curiosity was what really drew you to this field, like trying to understand how people function and what keeps you waking uh, up every morning wanting help, to do this. Wanting to continue helping um, people on that journey to understand who they are, understand why they react how they are, but also getting them to see like, you know, there's resources out there that could support you. Or sometimes you have clients that join because they just need a listening and they just need somebody to listen to them. So, you know, I can be that person for you as well. So just being here to one, help them recognize that change is possible, even if it might be a 30 year chance, change is possible. But also there are people out there willing to support you on that journey. Okay, amazing. What do you feel is difficult? about this position? I think lack of self-care is difficult in that position because not only you have your own personal going on, but you're listening to a lot of traumatic events that other clients have dealt with, um, their journeys. Sometimes they might say something that might be closely related to home. So without proper self-care, I feel like that's when the job becomes like it feels like a burnout and then you feel drained you're exhausted all the time so I think lack of um, self-care so for me this year my theme for this year is self-care because I like to say self-care is not selfish so that's one of the things I've been trying to practice self-care so I could be the better vision of myself and be present for the clients that I serve and what are some ways that you find self-care works? Like what's, what we talk a lot about self-care. We tell new therapists, like, make sure you take care of yourself. But what does that actually look like in reality for you? Um, being able to separate. So um, if I work from up until eight o'clock, like at eight o'clock, I'm done. I wouldn't pick back up until probably 12 o'clock the next day, being making sure that I take that time, making sure I take my lunch break as well. Um, certain Saturdays, I focus on like spa treatments after my last sessions as well. So just making sure that I have it written down in my calendar and I hold myself accountable for it. Because as we know, self-care is easier said than done as well. We can be like, yeah, practice self-care. But then after you realize that, you're so in the mood to like continue going that you lose track of time as well. So holding myself accountable and making sure I have those things in my calendars. Okay. So for you, what self-care really means is taking time to yourself and doing the things that you enjoy. Do you find it hard to separate when you kind of stop working and go into your self-care routine? Um, if you had asked me that three years ago, I would say yes. <laughs> but for now, I feel like I've been doing it for a while and with consistency that it's not had anymore, but be, but before, definitely. 
because I would just get so engrossed in everything. I would think that every emergency I had to be the one to um, resolve it and not separating as well. Or I'd get home and I'd be like, oh, I'm not tired. Let me do some work. But I just came from work. <laughs> so yeah. So before it was um, definitely trickier, but then I started holding myself more accountable. Okay. What would be your advice to people who say, you know, I, I try to go to the spa, I try to like zone out, but I keep thinking about this client and, and their concerns and, and what they're going through. Like, what would be your advice to them? I would say probably try something else. So probably spa and zoning out might not be your self-care. So find something that you enjoy doing and then that can um, develop into a habit that would be your self-care. Because um, most times meditation works for some, zoning out works for some, but it doesn't work for everybody. So find something that gives you passion and that could be your self-care routine. Okay, so switching it up, trying to find a different activity that allows you to separate your work from your personal time. Yes. Okay, great. I, I think that's a wonderful idea. What are... What do you feel are some clients that are particularly drawn to you and the clients that you tend to work with very well? Um, so right now, the majority of the clients I work with, um, just there's a lot of worry. So there's anxiety, there's some um, depression, but overall, just being able to like recognize positive affirmation and giving themselves credit. And then I have a few clients that we're working on their forgiveness journey because they find it difficult to forgive themselves and others. So this is actually the bulk of my clientele right now. So you do a lot of work currently on, on self-esteem and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Self-esteem, forgiveness, and just, just recognizing that forgiveness is a journey and it wouldn't be done in two days because mm -hmm. most times they find it difficult to forgive like okay I don't think that's gonna work but they think that they're expected to do it in a couple of days but mm -hmm. to understand that it's a process and then most times it might be important to first start with within first because there's stuff that we resent ourselves for at times that we're not even able to recognize it so being able to start um with yourself and trying to forgive yourself Forgiveness is a, is a huge topic and oftentimes very much misunderstood. I think oftentimes we assume that forgiveness means you're just supposed to let it go, um, which it's it's not so simple, right? What would be your like definition of forgiveness that kind of deviates from what maybe the church tells us about forgiveness? So... Um... I think that in order to forgive, so forgiveness would be, okay, am I able to recognize how I was hurt and not let the other person off the line for them, but for me? Is Am I able to say like, you know what, this happened a year ago, I'm ready to move past it, not for the other person, but for myself? Because most times we find it difficult because we're like, you know, this person hurt me. I don't think it's fair to let them off the hook. But essentially, if we're only doing it for the other person, 
then it will be like, okay, well, they hurt you, so maybe not. But if you're doing it for yourself to be able to just move past what it is that they did to you for yourself, then it's um it might be an easier process that you might be able to live with. So it will be forgiveness as something that you do for yourself, not for the other person. Got it. I, I really love that explanation. How do clients tend to respond to that kind of approach? So I've had a few times that was like, oh, wow, I've never thought of it like that. And I'm like, yeah, because can you imagine if you were in an abusive relationship and you feel like, okay, the person is asking me to forgive my abuser, then that's not really fair to you because something was a traumatic experience was done that you were involved in. But most times we're angry. There's a lot of resentment around um about that person and it sometimes it limits us so it's i do you want to forgive for yourself or for the other person and then we talk about um their definition of forgiveness as well and some of the myths about forgiveness and then it's always a shock of like oh i never thought about it like that so then that gives them an opportunity to do some of self-reflection and then they usually come back and let me know okay i'm ready but because it's always tricky. And I'm like, I appreciate the but because I'm not expecting you to forgive by the next day as well. It's going to take a while as well. Even in couples, because I also do couples therapy. And then there's always the apologizer and the forgiver. And I try to let them understand like both is a process as well. Because you could work towards your apology and you say to your partner, and then you might expect them to forgive you in that session, and that's not going to happen because it's a process as well. They're taking time to understand yeah. what occurred, try to reflect on the betrayal, and then even try to understand how genuine your apology is as well. So it it works both ways. I really, I really love that way of kind of explaining forgiveness and, and the journey of it. And I think it's definitely a really misunderstood topic, but such an important one because it holds so much anger and resentment and sadness stuck that doesn't allow you to move forward in your life. And I think focusing on that is so, so important. Yeah. And then there's also some self-blaming as well. So that's why I always say that, you know, let's start to forgive yourself first because you find that clients blame themselves for being so angry. Mm. And then it's like, you know, it's okay to feel angry. Yeah, so just getting them to understand that part as well. Absolutely. Shamara, thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with me about you and, and your work. Are there any last thoughts that you'd like to share? Um, I would just like to say um, to both clients and therapists that, you know, just therapy is a journey that should be done together in collaboration with in order for the full benefits of it to be um, accepted and um, recognized. I love that. Thank you so much. I hope I talk to you soon.